Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. This episode is brought to you by Wendy's. The most important thing you can teach your kid is kindness and empathy. There are many ways to bring these lessons to life, and one way we're super excited about is through Wendy's. Yes, Wendy's, your favorite fast food place, has a big heart and an easy way to get your kids into the giving spirit. Now, through the end of December, visit any participating Wendy's to purchase a $2 Frosty key tag. These key tags unlock a free Junior Frosty with any Wendy's purchase for an entire year, making great gifts for pretty much everyone in your life. 85% of all proceeds from key tags sold this November and December go to support the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, whose mission is to dramatically increase the number of adoptions of children waiting in foster care. What a deliciously effective way for your kids to make a difference. Hi, guys. Hi, friends. <laughs> Happy December? No. Happy second week of December. <laughs> We've got a great show for you today. We have a surprise part two of our Gabby Hoffman interview that we did last week. We talked with her and she had so much good stuff to say that we didn't want to edit it, really. So we're going to give you the second. I have to say, she is one of the most insightful guests we've had in her ability to talk about motherhood. Do you know what I mean? I also just want her to be my friend. She's such a real deal. Yes. And she's like a cool girl without trying to be cool. Like, she is who I would want to be friends with. Grew up in Hollywood and is not affected. You know, like, you and I were talking about the typical L.A. kids. Yeah. She is not that. So maybe it's because she's really a New Yorker. I don't know. But anyway. Plus, we are having some super-duper fun with our TikTok K-hole. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. And up next... The highs and the lows. Do you want to start? I feel like I've been starting a lot lately. Okay, so I'll start with my lows. Tooth decay. (laughs) In case you forgot we were aging, here you go. (laughs) I have once again chipped the same tooth that I chipped before. And how did I do it? I bit down wrong on a fork. Tooth decay is how I did it. I have some structurally questionable teeth on the bottom. (laughs) And I've been slowly chipping it away. If it makes you feel any better, we have our six-month dentist checkup next week. So Matt has made us all start brushing regularly again. (laughs) I brush regularly and I still have to. We brush regularly. I'm just saying some nights I get a little too lazy and I'm like, I went to the dentist already. We good. I brush like three times a day. There's no reason I should have decay. Maybe that's why your teeth are decaying. Maybe you do it too much. Maybe it's been all a sham this whole time. It's all a joke. Well, you know, they do say when you have a kid, the kid sucks the calcium out of your teeth because my mom had great teeth and then she had me and it was just, she had a lot of issues. And I'm wondering if there's maybe like a girl boy thing. I did get one cavity, but that's all Well, they do say they take away your beauty, the girls. And you know what's beautiful? My darn teeth. <laughs> I never had a cavity. I never had braces, but now I have decay. Oh, you didn't even have braces? Wow. Not a lucky. I just have to sleep with this night guard because I chomp away at my own. Do you teeth have a sleep flesh. apnea machine too? No, that's the next thing that's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. And I literally have an arm brace, a mouthpiece, <laughs> and a sleep apnea machine. That night that you and I went to go see the cat nat show, you were like, just wait till you see how I go to bed. And I think I passed out before you even you had did. your whole thing on. I was just like, I gotta go. I'm sleepy time. You're like, there are some things that just should not be seen. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> my highs are, and I, this I think could also be a low, but um, my highs are, I've just been feeling really, really close to my child lately. I told you this the other day. Yeah. This is the part that we probably should do actually a whole segment on maybe, which is that I've always up until now been the kind of person that's like, I'm not going to go sleep, co-sleep with my kid. It's really important that you have your boundaries. Your kid has their own bed and that's how that I say works. pish to all of that, you know. I am primarily more than not co-sleeping with my kid these days. It's easier for me. I don't wake up in the middle of the night when she usually wakes up. We just kind of like do that thing. I just get better sleep. I used to love falling asleep next to my dog and I got like a serotonin blast. I would feel like our little spooned back to belly touching and I would be like, oh, I feel so relaxed. Well, I'm getting that with Luna. I like laying with her, matching her breath. It really relaxes me. And then when she wakes up in the middle of the night and has a bad dream, she like tells me her dreams or I'll hear what she's like saying in her sleep and it just makes me feel really close to her. And since I'm only going to have one and I know this time is not going to last long where she's going to want me to sleep with her, I've just been like going for it. Yeah, I mean, well, a couple of things. Firstly, I said pish to all of that. I just mean like, yeah, I do think it's good for your kid to sleep in their own bed, mostly because you need to sleep. And I know sleeping with my kid, I get kicked a lot and hit a lot and there's a lot less space in the bed. So it just doesn't lead to a very good night's sleep. But you know, if your kid needs you, your kid needs you. Also, I still sleep in bed with my mom when I can as a 36-year-old woman. Well, I I was going to say, I grew up sleeping with either my grandmother or my mother just because we didn't have a lot of money in, so there wasn't a lot of space for extra rooms and beds or whatever. And I slept with them until, like, I was 14 years old on the regular. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, we have family bed. Family bed started in my house as a child and, like, is still a thing. We just put a name to it, which is family family bed and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, so enjoy it. I mean, there was a night a couple of weeks ago when Matt wasn't home and it was me and Sevi and Sevi came in in the middle of the night from having a nightmare. And I was like, yeah, come sleep with me. It was nice when it was, you know, the two of us in a queen size bed. Yeah. But anyway, that's my highs and my lows. How about you? Does yours involve decay at all? It does not involve tooth <laughs> decay, sadly. Or happily. Honestly, at this point, I'm a little unsure what I should be feeling. My highs are I had an incredible Thanksgiving. Not the actual holiday, but the week of we left the weekend before, went upstate, spent the whole time with my parents. It's the first, I think it's like the first or second time we spent like a full week at my parents' house. Right, for your mom's birthday, you spent one. Right, right, right. So we did that one. It was just nice and relaxing. I mean, we were all still basically working, uh, but because we were upstate and it's so quiet, it just felt like relaxing. And, you know, sitting in front of a fireplace, getting work done in essentially the country, beats sitting in my bed getting work done. I mean, I don't know if that's true. My bed's a pretty great place to get work done. Um, <laughs> but it was just nice. And I, I see my mom every other week because she has to come down for work quite often. But I really haven't had the chance to see my dad. And it was really, really nice to see him. We've always had a nice relationship. But I think as I'm getting older, it's really nice that we have the store that keeps us talking all the time and connects us and all that other stuff. So it was really nice to spend time with my dad. I never thought about how it must feel to be your dad when you're like so best friends with your mom. 
Did he oh, feel yeah. left out? This is like an ongoing thing in our house. He says he doesn't feel left out. He just realizes that we have different relationships because, and this is something my mom has pointed out. I'm sorry I never thought about this for you, Mark. I'm thinking <laughs> about it now. I'm thinking how about how you? you feel, Mark. He says he doesn't mind that he understands that we just have a different kind of relationship. And even though I'm not outward facing um, a daddy's girl, I kind of am. Like I'm- You're a parent's girl in general. Yeah, I'm like kind of still like, that's my dad, don't mess with him. Like I am with my mom. So, you know, it's nice. It was really nice to see him. My lows are, it is Hanukkah. And although I love Hanukkah and I love the holiday season and- I love my Jewish traditions. One of the things that I do, and this is something my parents did for me, is, you know, they would get me eight gifts. I'm doing the same for Luna. Yeah, small gifts, like, you know, like a calendar and like, like, you know, back then, like special pencils and stuff like that. Oh, God, special pencils is not a small gift. I mean, remember when you were little and you would get to go to, like, Walgreens? I'm just saying it's the most exciting thing to me, special pencils. Yeah, but kids have iPads now. What do they need pencils for? So what I do is I go on Amazon and I search for, like, toddler gifts under $10. And I look at what comes up and I pick the best-seeming things. And uh, one of the things that came up this year, as did last year, was this, like, toothbrush set. It's like a kid's toothbrush, the little rinse cup, and a cap. And last year it was Hot Wheels. This year I got him Thomas the Tank Engine. But this was one of the gifts in the bag. He gets to pick one gift every night. Two nights ago, he picks a toothbrush, and he threw a full-blown tantrum. Like, full-blown crying, saying, like, this is not a toy. And I was so disappointed in him. I know you were. We've done all this work. We talk about gratitude all the time. We're like, and you're throwing a fit? Not to mention, like, my kid. This episode should be called this episode about teeth. Yeah, the tooth episode. You know, my kid goes to school, goes to public school in the inner city. There are a lot of kids that, like, w- during COVID were weren't able to eat because they couldn't go to school. They weren't getting fed during the day. And here's my kid crying that he didn't get a toy. And it it was just very disappointing. And, you know, I understand he's four and I tried to have a talk with him and Matt talked to him. But I'm just like, oh, it makes me feel so icky. And I feel like I'm not doing the right thing. I, like somehow I'm failing in him not appreciating things, but I don't know. He got a cute pair of jammies last night and he knew to at least pretend, pretend that he yeah. was thankful. He said, thanks. They're so nice. Threw them on the floor and walked away. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? At least you tried. I that was better that. than before. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my kid might be spoiled and I hate it and I need Pretty to Pretty sure my it kid out. is and I also hate it. Need to figure <sighs> it out. Oh, it's terrible. Anyway. We're going to keep going, guys. We're going to keep going with the Montourage Review of the Week. What's our voice this week? Are you reading it or am I reading Whatever it? Whatever you want. Just to remind, I mean, I can do it. It's going to be terrible and laughable, but. Do your British accent. Okay. Uh, just going to remind you all, we are going to keep reading reviews that you have left until we get to 1,000. So. You better get them going. We had a good like week. It looks like it's starting to work. You guys are starting to leave us more reviews. Let's get on this train quicker because, you know, Mama only has so many any accents, okay? <laughs> All right, so this one is from Type 1 Keto Mama, five stars, obvi, and it's called The Best Podcast for a Mom to Unwind. Oh, pretty good so far. Keep it going. <laughs> 
I'm so happy my friend recommended the Momtourage podcast. I will try to pinpoint why I love it so much. I guess, number one, the genuine banter between Carrie and Ashley. It feels so real because it's... <laughs> <laughs> because it is! They are actually friends, unlike other podcasts where the co-hosts aren't close IRL. <laughs> 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 Secondly, as a mom of three under the age of four, I sometimes <laughs> let you. That a word? <laughs> four. No, number four. 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 <laughs> I sometimes let's be real. Always need to vent, and my friends can likely only take so much. So listening to the podcast is a chance to hear similar relatable vents. Also, <laughs> I love the eclectic guests they bring on. I've never once been bored by any of their guests speakers, which isn't the case for other podcasts. Lastly, I frequently find myself laughing out loud, <laughs> which oh is very necessary in the world of today. Thanks for bringing amazing content weekly. Well, you're welcome. Oh my gosh, that was I am bowing for you all. You look sweaty. You look sweaty from having to do that, actually. <laughs> I probably, I mean, I already showed you my natural deodorant with essential oil staining my t-shirt, so. Alright, well, we're going to send you a little something type one keto mama yeah reach so, out to us please we got some swag to send your way i think this is the best review we've ever gotten in all honesty i mean seriously and it's a long one so you must have been taking a long long bathroom break thank you for that we love you so much all right next up gabby hoffman part two Guys, we love chatting with Gabby so much. And just to remind you, Come On, Come On is in theaters now. I just looked it up and it's got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really good. So on a personal level, what is your biggest motherhood parenting challenge? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I I don't know if it's my biggest challenge, but something that I'm thinking about a lot right now, my daughter is about to turn seven uh, on Friday, uh, the day the movie comes oh, out. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. You. you have a Scorpio daughter too. I have a Scorpio daughter. Godspeed to you both. And how about you, Ashley? What have you got? A four-year-old son named Sebastian. He's, uh, you know, he's crazy. He's really sweet. But it's a whole other game. I, you know, I didn't grow up with boys. So for me, I'm like, this is what you creatures are like. This is too much for me. Yeah, I have a girl and a boy. And, you know, uh, without talking about anybody else's kid, they are very much a girl and a boy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we didn't do anything about that. Yeah, I have a three-year-old boy. So the thing I'm thinking about a lot these days is, um, are you ladies familiar with Winnicott? D.W. Winnicott? No. Oh, Montourage. Educate us! This is good stuff. So, uh, Winnicott was a child psychologist in the 50s in England and um, his writing is interesting. I actually was introduced to him through other people writing about him. Um, Alison Bechtel writes about him and uh, Mark Epstein, who is um, a very important person to read about everything, um, writes very well about him. You know, it was the 50s, so he used the term the good enough mother. We will now say the good enough parent. Although let's just call it all mother. I won't do it justice here, but more or less it's this idea that, you know, obviously there's no such thing as the perfect parent, but that's not even what you're striving for. And what he means by good enough is create an environment for your child, wherein they know that they are safe physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, they are safe, they are loved, and then let them be. Give them all the tools they need so that they can figure out who they are without your distracting them, imposing upon them, 
your ideas of who they should be or who they are or who you want them to be or what is good and right and interesting and without over being overbearing, right? Without overhandling them in their pursuit of themselves. So let them fall, let them hurt themselves, let them get back up. Of course you're there if they're really hurt and they need help. Of course you're there if they're really struggling and they need help. You're not abandoning them, but you're giving them the space, right? To start to develop a relationship relationship with themselves without you constantly laying the, the groundwork for them. You know, and of course, it's tricky even just hearing myself saying like, without imposing what you think is good or interesting, like, mm, that's probably not accurate because you are providing for them. I mean, how could you not? Things that you think are good and interesting for them to engage with and respond to, but you're not imposing your desires and your needs upon them or your fears, right? It's like extreme opposite of helicopter parenting. Extreme opposite of helicopter parenting. It's the extreme opposite of like a narcissistic style of parenting, right? Like, thank God. It's really trying to let it be about them. Without creating a situation in which they're in charge, right? Or that the world revolves around them. This is what I've been thinking about. It's very easy for me to do that with a three-year-old. I mean, it's extremely easy for me to do that with a baby. I could have a newborn baby for the rest of my life. It gets trickier and trickier and trickier for me as they get older. And um, dealing with a seven-year-old girl, an almost seven-year-old girl, who is incredibly smart, incredibly intuitive, incredibly observant, and very willful, and has very strong opinions and personalities, and just sort of like being in conversation with myself about where it all starts and ends, right? Like how much to offer, how much to hold back, how much to challenge, like just where that kind of amorphous ever shifting line of, of her and me and the space of her space and our shared space. And that part is tricky. Like, and then the biggest challenge for me, okay, sorry, this is a very, very long answer. The biggest biggest challenge for me is in those moments with her where I am confronted with my own impatience, my own rage. Yep. So sorry, this is what I was getting to. I got distracted. So Mark Epstein was describing the good enough parent and somebody in the audience said, or I think Mark said, it's also being able to handle your child's rage, right? Like not impose your reaction, your feeling onto them um, and let them have their own experience. And then somebody in the audience said, well, that sounds like being able to handle your own rage. So that area of the good enough parenting kind of idea is where I really struggle, where I'm like, you, yeah, you have your feelings, you have your experience. I can sit here. I can be a witness to that. Um, and I can be physically present. Though, if you need me, I am here. That I could do all day long. When my shit comes Comes up because I was not raised in a way to learn to manage my own emotions. That was not modeled for me. Um, when my shit comes up and I am confronted with all of the stuff I'm still struggling with, and I know I don't want to impose that upon my daughter, I, I'm just at a loss. Like I usually just have to, I usually just have to say, I'm really sorry. I have to leave the room first. <laughs> Let me just tell you, there's a reason why there's the rage in momtourage. Ashley and I, unfortunately, are kind of um, hot-blooded folks, right. and so that's 
speaks to me. Like, yep, this is such a real conversation and everyone can relate to that, you know? Well, it's so interesting because last night I was like, oh God, I've got to, you know, my husband, we, the kids were asleep and I, he was like, let's do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, no, I've got to listen to this podcast, not yours. Um, Cause I'm being asked to do it and I don't want to do it because it's related to the Oscars. And I find all of that very uncomfortable and weird. And, um, uh, but I should listen to it before I say, I don't want to do it. And then my husband was like, you really should just, don't you want to just be having conversations about motherhood? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you should just be go. Why don't you just start conversation or a podcast about motherhood? Like that's what you're supposed to be talking about right now. And then I looked at the rest of my schedule and I was like, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Ashley and I consider ourselves longtime New Yorkers. So we know that you grew up in the Chelsea hotel with your mom and even inspired a kid's book called Gabby at the Chelsea. That's I'm a real New Yorker flex. Yeah. So what was it like growing up there? You know, it was actually really great. Looking back on it, I have an incredible amount of appreciation for it. At the time, I was raised on sitcoms and I just wanted to live in a suburban house with a white picket fence and an upstairs. And I I wanted that because I thought, of course, foolishly, that if I had that, I would have a normal family. (laughs) Um, But I got that eventually and ran screaming back to New York. (laughs) But the Chelsea was great because it really was like, I I describe it as almost like a little cul-de-sac. Like it was a little neighborhood. It was a little community where I had a lot of freedom and I had a lot of people in my life. So I was running around that place as early as, I don't know, four years old by myself barefoot. I knew everybody. I had friends on every floor. My best friend lived above me. I basically lived at her house. I knew everybody in the lobby. So it was actually this real, real community. And actually the city at that time, even though people think of the 80s in Manhattan as being, you know, really rough and and it was, but it was also a lot more sane in my mind because it was all New Yorkers. It was all your community. It wasn't filled with tourists and every other store wasn't a Starbucks or a Chase Bank. It was owned by people that knew you. So it was the Jane Jacobs, the Jacobian model of, uh, on some level of, you know, a neighborhood. So I had the Chelsea, which was really like that. And I even had like my block on 23rd Street where I knew the guys in the deli and I knew the guys at the comic book store next door. And I saw the same homeless guy on the stoop every day and knew him, you know, like, so I had a lot of independence and a lot of freedom because there were a lot of eyes and ears on me all the time. We just went back to our old apartment just this last weekend. And my daughter who lived, you know, a couple of years of her life there and it all came flooding back to her. She's like, I want to move back. Yeah. You know, I miss the juice guy. And she even said, I miss the parts where the rats are in the park where we used because we used to chase the rats in the park. Yeah. I was like, I know, me too, me too. Yeah, my daughter really misses the stoop. Oh yeah, yes. stoop sitting. Oh my God, our stoop is like, it's kind of famous in our neighborhood. We live in a, an apartment in a brownstone. So we have neighbors in our building and they like live on the stoop and it's a real fun scene. And yeah, there, you know, you can't beat the stoop in the deli. So I'm going to ask you one last question and it's what we ask all of our moms and that is, or all of our parents, all of the people who do mothering, what is the number one thing you would outsource if you had the means to do so? Um, I am the worst person to ask this question to because I am really, really bad at doing this. I, the only outsourcing that we do, we don't have any childcare and we have once a week and this is a big for me. We have somebody come once a week and do a deep clean of our house. 
house. That's amazing. I don't mop my floors yeah. unless there is an accident. Right. And that's a real privilege. I'm, I That is not something most people can have. Um, but God, it is nice. Um, so that is the only outsourcing I do is like mm-hmm. the big once over clean. If I could, here's what I would outsource in LA. I hate to grocery shop in LA. It is mm. so soul sucking and horrible. The stores are giant. The, the parking lots are giant. I never want to go there again. So I buy a thousand dollars worth of <laughs> not quite that much, but I throw the cart until things are tumbling onto the ground and breaking and smashing uh, because I think maybe I'll never have to come back here again if I just get enough stuff. So there's all that. I, I, you know what? Hopefully next time I talk to you guys, I'll have a really good answer for this because it's probably something that I should figure out for myself. That was a great answer. I will say that I do ask a lot of, we have an incredible community here of friends and parents and we're all helping each other all the time. We're all picking up each other's kids, taking them home. We're bringing each other food. My husband sprained his ankle a few weeks ago and I was out of town and I immediately, you know, made sure that people were bringing him food. So I, I do ask for a lot of help from my friends and um, I think that's essential. Um, it's just the more like, yeah, the like hired, there's something about like the, the hired help, like the outsourcing of the roles that used to be done by others in the family, whether it was mm-hmm. like the auntie or the grandma or the sister or the uncle, you know, that part is harder for me. Carrie once asked me to drive her to JFK and I flat out was like, no, yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. I love you. You're my best friend, but no, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Get an Uber. Well, we did just have people come and visit and my husband picked them up from the airport. We live really far from LAX and um, he was recovering from a sprained, twisted ankle and so I was going to drive them and then I said, you know, this is something I will pay for an Uber. Like, I have to say, my time is worth that. I was going to say, those friends owe you a kidney now. Yeah. If you were going to do that. They took an Uber. Uber. Yeah, the drive to the airport, it's not necessary. I agree. Yeah, it was so just wonderful chatting with us. Please come back anytime. We would love to talk all the nitty gritty about parenting and any wisdom you have. You can speak about it so like intelligently and so well informed where I'm just like ah, I don't know what to do you know but it, <laughs> but you put to words all the things happening inside of me so oh well thank you I, I hope that's true I'm not sure that it is it's a lot easier to talk about than it is to do <laughs> true yes yes <laughs> thanks for trying to plug yourself plug the film I will say that I really really love this movie and I think that you know if you're interested in seeing a movie that is about this life here and now and all the important things that we're navigating and struggling with and taking pleasure in and thinking about this is it. And I guess it comes out on November 19th, which is in a few days. Come on, come on. And happy birthday to your daughter. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, you two. You can catch Gabby in Come On, Come On in theaters now. All right, should we K-hole? Oh my God, let's K-hole. I've been waiting to do a K-hole for a while now. So a couple of nights ago, I made a discovery and that is name art. And you guys are going to be like, name art, that's not anything new. And you are correct. (laughs) But this, you know how now when you go on your For You page on TikTok, you'll see like whatever lives are going on? Yeah. All right, so there's this lady who you tell her a name and she goes through and picks names and does like a beautiful sketch of like a person with like the name 
aim in their forehead. And it is just, it has the effect on me that ASMR has on other people. It is very, like, therapeutic and calm, and I'm just living my best life watching The day that you found it, you're like, Carrie, I have to tell you about (laughs) it. And I'm like, I know, Ashley, we share the thing together. And then last night, there was some, you remember that paper from when you were little that's, like, black, but if you scratch it off, there's, like, rainbow under it? Yes, yes. There was another lady. (laughs) I guess the algorithm is like, well, this lady loves name art. (laughs) So they, they sent me this other live of a lady with like probably like two inch by two inch squares of that paper and then she would just like write the name and draw circles around it and I started going not the same thing TikTok <laughs> you get so, an aggro about that wow I mean not all name art is created equal it's true okay so mine is kind of a rant what happened to 10 tapes He's made more, and I don't even, like, want to watch them. What happens if— I haven't watched in probably a month. Maybe tonight when I see you, we'll just catch up. He's made more videos, and but all of a sudden, after that one— It where, just jumped the shark, man. It got too weird. And now it's like, I don't I don't even trust you. I, my, my trust was in you, and now I don't trust you. And so we're going to have to catch up. But I, it really—this wasn't—I just was like, what happened to you, 10 tapes? That was yeah. all. That was all I have to say about that K-hole. You know, we'll get back to you. Next K-hole, I'll have— Fully caught up with Ashley and we'll have a definitive opinion. But just like what's I have up, a definitive tapes? opinion on 10 tapes, and that's that it jumped the shark. It went full Fonzie and water skied over sharks. Okay. Maybe maybe we should have him on the show. Because that's I what mean, moms really want to see. I don't even know. We there has yet to be any confirmation that anyone that listens to our show has the foggiest idea of what 10 tapes is. You know what? Let's do a quick recap. 10 tapes is the thing that Carrie has been talking about since we started TikTok K-Hole. It's a guy who like started in covering clues in his apartment and they finding tapes and all this other stuff and at first they call it is an AVR a, a ARV something ATV. like <laughs> it's something like artificial reality video or something it's it's a game and there's all like people read really deeply into everything and like zoom into stuff and he has a YouTube and a Discord channel and like people like f- go full blown it's kind of like being um like who are the people that like an investigator but it's something fictional and fun and at we've first already was, given him too much attention we have. the bottom line is I think it's, it's not, not good real. anymore it's not good anymore but it started out strong 100% not real because now the videos are like him jumping through time and stuff like that so it's not real so you yeah. mean that's not real <laughs> I mean maybe but I doubt he found a way to put it on TikTok okay I'm gonna add one here the reptilian people oh I have that one too oh you do the queen is a lizard person yeah. shapeshifter <laughs> like anything <laughs> Remember a while ago we talked about how I like found that Elvis was a reptilian person, but I had to go on YouTube. Now it just finds me on TikTok, and it's like the Queen of England is a reptile she had a purple person. hand, and that one thing is she's scared a child. And there's more reptiles, and yes. there was a secret ceremony with Princess Diana. Did you see the secret Trump and Melania um, <laughs> inauguration security guard? Where that's like definitely a reptile guy who's just like <laughs> creepy. Uh, but just there's a pair. Apparently, most celebrities are reptile people, and we just didn't even know it. We got to pay closer attention when we're Jay-Z interviewing. Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. You know, I, I have to tell you, I'm starting to feel a little bad for Jay-Z and Beyonce in that they are constantly <laughs> looped into every conspiracy theory. Illuminati. They can't just be talented. No. They can't just be extremely talented people. Talented. Like, you know, listen, you and I both know a lot more goes into it than just talent.
talent. There's luck. There's networking. Aren't you born a reptilian person? I would assume. When Jay-Z was having truly the hard knock life, that he would have shape-shifted and made his life better. Why did he struggle for so long when he had his reptilian powers? This is a wonderful question, friend. Wonderful, wonderful question. That's what I'm saying. That is what you are saying. She seems to have a pretty good life. Maybe she, like, inseminated the... Into Jay-Z, the lizard. Maybe he's like a muggle. He's like half lizard, half real person. I don't know. Sorry, what is a muggle? Is this a Harry Potter thing? Yes. Wow. You just out-nerded yourself. All right, continue. Asian tiny homes and all the gadgets. Oh my God, I love it so much. I could watch that woman sanitize her shoes all day long. (laughs) Again, the TikTok algorithm got me. A subdivision of that is a woman who, and I'm not really sure why she does this, any sort of cracked makeup. Up. She scrapes it out, oh. cleans out the container it came in, re-wets it, alcohols it, puts yeah. it back in, presses it down, and like sanitizes everything and makes basically like a brand new thing of the thing. I've seen those, but not on TikTok. Like I didn't know this was in our algorithm. So oh, it's it's now it will be. Our, I'm yes. sure. Yeah, and then that woman, she has so many gadgets. She has like she has like a gadget that just like sucks dirt from the floor. She yeah, has also a gadget. The one where you just put your toothbrush under your toothpaste and it just goes <laughs> or like the garbage that ties up the bag every time yeah that woman her tiny apartment all its tiny gadgets you can sanitize yes. everything yes You're everything like, and it shakes it's like and then it's sanitized did you see the one where she has like you know how you and I are like super into organizing our kitchens and closets and yeah. stuff but she has like those airtight containers on her kitchen counter and they're filled with seafood and I was just like <laughs> what what is this life I wanted? She just has like live Trip clams in an air can. No, like live clams in an airtight container on her counter, which I don't understand how that doesn't spoil. Botulism. Or like, I just, it just blows my mind. I love it. I want, uh, I showed Matt and I was like, do we need to start keeping live crustaceans on I want to our- visit her house. And Me just, too. Like, I'd be like, I don't understand what the writing on any of these things said, I'm just going to press buttons and see what happens. Can I tell you a really funny story real quick? Yeah. One semester in high school, I no, a couple of semesters, I took Japanese. And we have a Japanese market close-ish by called Mitsuwa, which is like so much fun. Really, the food is so great. It's like a really great experience. But our Japanese teacher, Hasegawa Sensei, had us go to Mitsuwa. And we had to write down as many like Japanese products as we could. And I get to one product. I'm in self-care and I'm, you know, again, because most of this is in Japanese, I have no idea what I'm writing. I'm writing one thing down and the teacher comes by and she's laughing, but you know, in the cute Asian lady way where she's like, tee hee hee And I said, what, is this something bad? And she said, you're writing condoms. And I was like, oh, <laughs> not to surprise anybody, but the pandemic is causing brain fog. And if you are like Carrie and I and find yourself constantly saying, do I have ADHD? You might be able to blame the pandemic. There's like science. There's science happening. There's (laughs) There's science. 
<laughs> There's like clinical trials going on and stuff. Yes, there is science. <laughs> I don't know. They're like <laughs> researching all of this. So if you feel like in this time you may be having ADHD, it is probably because of the pandemic. If you didn't before. You didn't know. Science just doing stuff. Okay, so this is a kind of a twofer. People putting makeup on slash over 40 mature skin makeup tutorials. I mean, same though. I love it. I now have to buy that Charlotte Tilbury thing that people pat underneath their under eyes. It's like a finishing spritz, but they put it or a primer. I just bought it. And it puffs your under eye and makes the crease. I just bought a few different things from Charlotte Tilbury. Not that. I bought like one of the lip kit things and the Hollywood Flawless filter. And I keep trying to buy the contour one. Oh, yeah. sold out everywhere. I want to buy the fall and I want to buy the Givenchy uh, powder. So you watch Salt Lake City, Housewives of Salt Lake City, right? I'm yes. convinced Meredith always has a full Charlotte Tilbury face because she has the coloring. Yeah. Just face-wise, she's got the coloring, like eyes, cheeks, whatever. And then the makeup is always very Charlotte Tilbury. So I, I honestly, I think, I don't love her, but I think she's very pretty and I just want to look like her. Meredith's makeup artist or Meredith, yeah, reach out. Confirm or right But anyway, yes, there's a Charlotte Tilbury spray that you put on underneath your eye you pat it with a blender and then you put your under eye concealer on and it doesn't lay in the cracks oh when you order it order me one and I'll just give you money (laughs) okay so the over 40 mature skin makeup tutorials uh, uh, we talked about tooth decay I'm coming in hot with aging guys (laughs) and by hot I mean hot flash I like that the next one is simple dogs and crocs just just dogs (laughs) standing on their hind legs in little teeny tiny crocs you know Carrie loves crocs I hate crocs but I sure do love little dogs legs and little pants and croc croc shoes. It just makes me happy. Have you seen dogs in regular size crocs as a pope What's hat? A pope hat? Like the papal big hat. People I'm put sorry. crocs Did you just on their dog English? and they make it. A pope hat pa- papal pull? Papal. What was that? <laughs> People put regular uh-huh. sized crocs one on a dog head and it looks like a papal hat oh, like the Pope's okay. big hat Sorry. like a white one and then they put a black one on and they use the chin guard and it looks like one of the soldier, one of the guys in- <laughs> like one of the, the guards at Buckingham <laughs> Palace that's yes. so funny yes I'm gonna send okay. you those pictures they're pretty funny the man that reacts to food TikTok videos there's this guy that reacts to this man who cooks out in oh, the woods oh is it man with a pot have you seen this guy I watch man with a pot yes. I'm obsessed with man with a pot no but there's but there's a guy no. Who reacts to man with a pot. And he's always like, ooh, ooh, oh, what is this, sausage? Oh, you did it? There's oh, so gosh. many food I want to eat sausage on this mountain with this man. And then he's like, oh, he's making it into tiny burgers. Oh, my I love food this. reaction videos. Um, On that note, there is a man who is black and that is important in this. And he reacts to crazy things and then and then goes you know a white girl named Becky just gone and pet that 400 pound dog and every time he talks his whole thing is how white women aren't scared of anything they just like <laughs> like so one was like this big Tibetan kind of dog Tibetan husky I don't know what they are but it's Tibetan something and this dog was like a giant like it was like I don't know if it would fit in my house it was essentially Clifford the big red dog this dog and it was in like like a horse pen because they can't keep it in a normal dog pen because it's so big. And it, he shows the video that he cuts to it and he goes, you know a woman named Becky just went up and pet that dog and said, oh, that's cute. I, I laugh so hard at this guy because you know he's right. There is a level of truth there. So funny. And you know what? If it's not a Becky, it's an Ashley. Thank God Ashley is not the official name of Karen's. Can I just say that? But anyway. Why am I, <laughs> and I blame you, explicitly I, I blame you. going. Why 
am I invested in the glitter tumbler? I'm not invested lady's in her life. life. I just like her glitter tumblers. Well, listen, I happened on, I'm always happening on her lives. I just, she has insomnia or lives in a different time zone. And when I'm up trying to go to sleep, back to sleep, she's doing a live. And her live lately has been all about how she's moving, how everything but the make a tumbler glitter room has been packed up. And she's also, and now I'm like, oh my gosh, packing up all that glitter is going to be so difficult. When is she planning on packing it up? Does she have two mortgages? Is she, is there a crossover day or does everything have to be out at the same time. I need to know. The tumbler glitter room would be the first room I would pack up. Like, it definitely seems like the most complicated. Does she have another specific room in her new house? Is it in the garage? What is the cleanup for this? Uh, the people that buy this new house that she's been living in, they're going to find glitter everywhere because once you have glitter it's in everywhere. one place, there's glitter everywhere. I'm so invested in this glitter lady's life and I don't even want a glitter tumbler. I don't want a you glitter do. tumbler either. I'm just fascinated by how we they need to them. get mom. I know we really do at this point. We need stupid glitter tumblers. Mom. Let's just contact the lady and be like, hey, when you're done with your move and your new glitter tumbler room is all set up, could we commission you to make two original (laughs) glitter tumblers for us? Big fans. Huge. From way back. Can we talk about TikTok lives in general and how absolutely ludicrous they are? And how we're going to have to start doing them to keep I up know, with the but times? it's like no one cares. Like people just go up. Why is the glitter tumbler lady talking about her move? Why did I watch that other one I told you about the other day who shall not be named texting somebody else? And it's not like we were privy to the text. I just don't understand. It's like the Wild West. Everyone is just doing whatever they please on their TikTok lives. I also love, I'm hyped. This is what happens when it's 1.52 in the afternoon and I have gotten so much done and still have so much to do. I am obsessed with the Hillary Duff and other soft choreo dances that people are recreating like the Hillary Duff one like um, the backup dancer for Dua Lipa just any Dua Lipa I always love a Fergie one where they're just like like recreating Fergie stuff who's the other oh I saw an Ariana Grande soft choreo the other day I love them mostly because it's usually men in high heels that just men do them the best for some reason I saw one I don't know if I sent it to you I definitely sent sent it to my Uncle Jimmy I think I think it's in the list of things. It's definitely in the list of the long set of TikToks I sent you last night. <laughs> last night? Yes. There's one of Whitney Houston doing all this. <laughs> you can't see me, guys. I'm doing all this like 1980s shoulder movement. And it's just him in his high heels and socks. She's going, clock, clock, <laughs> clock, clock. And it's just like her being like, oh, and, you know, and then it just goes to him. And it's just him in high heels going, clomp. Clop, clop. It's so... Oh, on that note, you know the other good ones? The ones where they recreate the dances from Save the Last Dance? Or what's the other bad hip-hop one from the early 2000s that's like Save the... Honey? No, I haven't seen Honey ones, but yes, that is another one. Ugh. The Save the Last Dance ones are always just absolute gold. Okay, go ahead. I mean, I just want to say that I'm kind of mad at the algorithm lately because no longer, I used to see Skinwalker videos and Appalachia I'm glad I don't videos anymore. all the time and I don't. I don't know what happened to the algorithm, but I'm saying algorithm weird too. I don't see my Skinwalker videos anymore. On one hand, I really miss them and on the other hand, I'm upstate in the country a lot more and I'm really glad I'm not seeing them because then I would just think about Skinwalkers all the time. Side thing, um, and this is going to be my last 
next one. Why are we getting so many iPhone hacks and why do I keep liking them? I love them though. I love the iPhone hacks. I found out the other day how to use your Apple weather and see a live precipitation map. I don't know why that's important, but I was really happy about that. And how to, the, the really good one that's important is how to take a video and take a picture while you're taking the video at the same time. Oh, did you send that? I need I'll that. show it to you in real life. Huh. Okay, so this is my last one, and this is my friendly tip for you all. The queen is a lizard person. <laughs> the queen is a lizard. When you wake up at three something in the morning and you can't fall back asleep. Oftentimes people will tell you don't pick up your phone. I know this and I still pick up my phone and wakes me up and I can't fall back asleep. This is the key to falling back asleep. Search for facial massages. They can be gua sha. They can be with your hands. They can be uh, like the noise skincare ones. I watch those on Instagram. They can be any kind of facial massage, but something. Do you give yourself the massage as you're watching it or no? No, I just watch it. And I just like lay down next to it and watch it and something because nothing is more relaxing than like having your makeup done or having a facial other than the extraction portion of the facial. So it just like gets me into that place and I just slowly slip away into a deep slumber. So next time you can't sleep, facial videos. That could go a couple different ways. (laughs) Okay. Hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. So, you know, I've seen these. I'm a yoga teacher. I hang around people who do hippie things. So, so many people I've seen have had that, like, bed of nails thing. It's, like, the pillow and the pad with the little, like... It's in the Kardashian gift guide, Oh, I really? Think, this holiday season. Which, yes, the Kardashians are doing a gift guide now. Oh, that was one more thing. The Kardashian colloquial. Colloquium lady. I love her. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I've been having old people syndrome, as you know. <laughs> Tooth decay. Back, neck, my back. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the bed of nails thing and I thought it would be painful and it's truly relaxing and I've been using it underneath my feet. I have it underneath my feet now when I record for some little acupressure and then I like it on my head. It massages my scalp. I lay on it for shavasana. I'm into it. Hmm. Interesting. I got a cheap one. I didn't get one that was like infused with amethyst crystals because they have those kind too. Yeah, that's the one you wanted, wasn't it? Yeah, but I'm not going to spend that kind of money. So I got like the $24 no, one. I feel like they hurt. That's why I'm not really into them. But Let anyway. me to bring mine today because it actually doesn't hurt. All right, bring it. I'll try it out. For Hanukkah, my mom got me a three-pack of Ugg socks. You know, Uggs, our favorite ugly boot, which I actually think are not ugly. I think they're very cute. Always have. It's a mainstay of my winter wardrobe. Absolutely. The best slippers, as far as I'm concerned, for your house. I have a robe. I have a lot of Ugg stuff because it's just like synonymous with being cozy and warm. Ugg, do the right thing. Reach out. Sponsor us. My mom got me a three pack of Ugg socks. I don't know how much they were. I guess I will know when I look for the link so that this is linked in our show notes. She said they were a little pricey, but they are just so soft. And they're not that, you know, that like Sherpa-y lining that is in the boots. They're just so soft and my feet just feel like they're being hugged by softness and I love them and they came in pretty colors. So that's how I feel about Hue socks. I'm a big fan of the Hue. And listen, I like a Hue sock. It does not feel like Mm. this. I'm going to have to put my foot in your sock. I have only one pair left that are clean. They're on my feet and they won't be clean by tonight, but you could still try them, you dirty bird. All right, guys, (laughs) that's enough of our yammering. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. 
Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. 